Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. And as you can imagine, the the disconnect, it also sometimes happens here on the BBP. The disconnect with the BBP just so happens to be Aaron Smith's internet connection, as we have constantly ran into almost weekly. Well, no, this is, this is, I think this is a computer problem. Okay. Oh, a computer problem this time. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it computer this time. So, so the snafu has led to young Aaron being uh, just, just excommunicated for the beginning until he is able to get his life straightened out, which it looks like it might be right now. Either way, disconnect, you know, it's not as uncommon as you would think happens here on the BBP currently. And of course, happening heavily in the men's basketball program. And if you have not been able to get caught up to this situation, sure, it's not quite the, the spectacular game, the Gonzaga versus UCLA, highly thrilling, the, the national championship game tonight. We cannot simply, we as Bearcat fans cannot just enjoy basketball during this time. Instead, it is what is currently on the plate is what is being dealt to us, the entire investigation into allegations with with the Cincinnati basketball program, and then, of course, the setting of John Brannon, a, a suspension at first, and then leave that, you know, just all of these different words. You get a Tom Mars introduction into the mix. You get people from left and right, and, and as I concluded, as I started to say last week, you get the longer this drags on, the more the national media will get a hold of it and the more it can be twisted one way or the other. I'm sure, Chad, your phone was blowing up as it has been for the whole last month. But when my phone starts to blow up from people that are ex-Purdue players, ex-IU you know, ex fans, you know, currently texting me, what is going on? I, you know, I had one person text me who hadn't texted me for like four years <laughs> asking me what is going on with the Cincinnati basketball program. Chad? This is uh this is snowballing and it's it's getting it's getting to a to a point where it's pretty tough to see a clear ending, as I'm sure you have gone on numerous different webcasts and newscasts and podcasts and, and talked about your side of the view. But you know the BBP catches up with what has happened from your point of view since what last Thursday? Because a lot has when you when you recorded that BCJ pod. What? Obviously, you just want me to like catch up with everything that's happened since Thursday. No, catch up your Come little on. bits and pieces. I, well, I, you know, <laughs> you read through the board. The board is the board right now, which, by the way, is yeah. is crazy. It, it is well, a, it's awesome because a lot of people are throwing in thoughts and opinions, searching for facts, and kind of you know putting their entire twist on it, if you will. The, the, I mean, the transfers. But the, ultimately, what happened Saturday is a point of no return. Right. UC puts John Brandon on administrative leave. I, I know Justin used suspended. Yeah. But in the press release from John Cunningham, it was termed administratively, paid administrative leave. Correct. Um, and then John Brandon hires Tom Mars. And that is about as uh, draw a line in the sand as you can get that. You know, there, there, were, there were three outcomes for this, right? Right. Cincinnati retains John Brannon. Yep. Cincinnati fires John Brannon 
pays him his buyout. Right. Cincinnati fires John Brandon for cause. Right. I think one and two are out the door. And that one big middle finger is the one that's left. I agree with <laughs> completely. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't see any way this ends other than UC firing John Brandon for cause and this going to court to be litigated, likely in a settlement at some point. But um, any way you slice it, I just don't see any way that the other two options are are realistic anymore. It, it, you know the chances of those were pretty small to begin with. Yeah. I think it's at pretty much zero now. Like this is just a matter of when is John Brandon going to be fired for cause? uh, And, and Cincinnati starts the search for a next coach because I, I don't know how there's any path forward with him returning. And this has pretty clearly gone down a path that they have no intention of paying him the buyout to go away. So here we are. I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to, to, to really rehash at this point, because I think lines were drawn in the sand Saturday, very clear, very distinct lines in the sand. And and it's funny, like I keep getting this, like uh, this, this talk that I'm somehow like on John Brandon's side of this. I'm not on anybody's side of this. I'm on the side of, telling you guys what I think is happening from my perspective. Like when I see Tom Mars's name come up, my perspective is, Oh crap, this is getting ugly right now. Like immediately the name, you know, I had somebody call me and say, um, somebody locally call me and say, do you have any idea why I, why, why I just got an email from Tom Mars? And immediately I'm like, Tom Mars, what do you mean you got an email from Tom Mars that he wanted to talk? Like, so then, you know, you're, you're trying to, I was in the process of, of figuring out exactly what Tom Mars involvement was when it came out that, you know, John Brandon had hired him as, as legal counsel. And it's like, well, then that's, that's the equivalent. And I mentioned this on with Mo today. That's the equivalence of in hockey when the guys drop their gloves. Right. Yeah. UC suspended him. They're going to put him on administrative leave. That was UC dropping their gloves. Yep. John Brandon hired Tom Mars. That's John Brandon dropping his gloves. And you know what happens when you drop the gloves? You fight. You don't, you don't shake hands and go, ah, you know, hey, hey, never mind. Just kidding. Once the gloves are dropped, the fight is happening. The fight is on. Mm-hmm. And now the fight is on. Like, I don't see any other way to interpret that. So let's read the statement just real fast. University of Cincinnati Director of Athletics John Cunningham announced men's basketball coach John Brandon has been placed on paid administrative leave as of Saturday, April 3rd, 2021, pending the completion of a university review into the program. University announced on March 26th it is reviewing allegations related to the program along with independent fact finders. So ESPN then later that same exact day releases that with quotes from Tom Mars. And Chad, let's let's dive in a little bit further with Tom Mars because I know a lot of people on the board, you know, take one way or the other with Tom Mars. I, but the, the more you dive into him is the more you figure out, like you said, 
when he takes a case and like what like any lawyer of, of that stature and that standing takes a case i mean he might see okay if we can even settle settle this 5.25 down to four even that is four million extra dollars of whatever he's going to get a cut of that into his pocket that yeah. that is a win it's it's a positive well, yeah for him when i when i say tom mars doesn't take a case that he 100 feels he can win that includes a, a settlement that's in favor of his client. Like yep. the, this, this is not me saying John Brandon's going to get $5.25 million now that he hired Tom Mars. Right. This is me saying Tom Mars thinks given what he's been told by John Brandon and, and given whatever um, they feel, given whatever information that, that, that they feel is relevant in this case, Tom Mars believes UC is railroading John Brandon mm -hmm. and that he has a great chance to win and make a lot of money. That's what lawyers do. They, they, they try to make as much money as humanly possible for their client and for themselves. So to see him take that case tells you again, John Brandon's ready to fight. Yeah. This, this was not, you know, reaching a negotiated settlement quietly behind, behind closed doors. There's nothing about what Tom Mars does that's quiet. Right. Think about it. Within three hours of being hired by John Brandon, he talked to Pat Forty, full story on Yahoo with quotes from Tom Mars. He talked to ESPN, full story on ESPN, quotes from Tom Mars. Yep. He does not do anything quietly. He's yep. answering you see fans on Twitter. Yeah. Like there is nothing this guy does that is done uh, behind closed doors. The doors are open on everything that, that, it, that Tom Mars hands touch. Yeah. So you have to be cognizant of that. When you hear his name come up, it, 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 it had nothing to do with, with John Brandon. It was me letting our members know Tom Mars is involved. This is getting sticky. Like this, this is getting ugly from here on out because this guy has thrown his hat in the ring. Yeah. And, and take the, that the however thing, you want. Yeah. Well, well, the main thing that Tom Mars brings up over and over again is the, the whole situation in Kansas where the, the, the athletic director at the time, Jeff Long fired head coach, David Beatty or Beatty, however you want to say it, one of the two. And then Later, of course, made another hire, but then went back and decided that they were going to retract and say they fired Beatty because of poor calls. Because well, that's where Kansas screwed up. Buyout. That's where Kansas screwed up is they, they were going to they fired him without cause. Right. And then tried to go back after that. Like this is it's why you're seeing you see being so thorough and, and, and uh, you, you would assume diligent in their handling of this situation. But, again, if you're John Cunningham, you had to be aware when this is the path that you decided to take mm -hmm. that this was going to be a long process. Right. And, and, and in the balance is your basketball program. Yeah. And, and to me, and again, I know people are taking this completely differently than, than how I mean it. Yeah. This is not a defense of John Brandon. This is about the long-term health of the UC basketball program. Right. If the program is twisting in the wind at the end of April or into May, 
I talked to a, uh, a former power five coach that went into a situation, not exactly like this, but went into a situation similar late in the cycle, had to fill large portions of a roster. Now this was before the transfer portal, obviously. Right. But he, he said it was a nightmare trying to, to, to find kids that fit what the new coach wanted kids that didn't kids that are, are left, you know, as a, as a transfer at that time, that didn't have major baggage. Like there, there's a reason kids get stuck in the portal, right? Because there's red flags or because there's reasons that teams are hesitant on them. If you're a major talent and you're still in the portal in late April or early May, that's not by accident. Mm-hmm. It, you know, so getting this done in time, if there is a new coach to, to give your new coach a fighting chance next year, should have been on the list of like the pros and cons in deciding to go this route. Right. And, and I, I, you know, if it was, it doesn't seem like that was taken into consideration because somebody on the board had a great point today, the Greg Marshall situation from the time the investigation started until the time Greg Marshall was let go by Wichita state Mm -hmm. six weeks, six weeks. We are one week and three days from UC saying that they were launching an independent fact finder uh, into the into the allegations. No, so no, I think the we, difference we, there, we, though, difference there though, was Greg Marshall was an established, high level coach at which. What's that I'm have sure, to do with it? I'm sure there were numerous people there that wanted Greg Marshall still staying as well. Yeah, coach. but but that doesn't that doesn't change an investigation right right the investigation is the investigation if the investigation had returned the findings and and the findings were to fire greg marshall three weeks in and they didn't fire him for three weeks that would have been big trouble for for people at wichita state so time is of the essence time has to be considered in these situations time has to be a factor if you decide you're going to go down this road and I don't know watching this play out that it, that it was given that consideration. I think they decided we're getting rid of John Brandon, whatever it takes to get rid of John Brandon is what we'll do. But ultimately the health of the basketball program needs to be, you know, front and center. Yeah. And that's not to say they should have kept John Brandon, but if you're going to fire him, rip off the bandaid and and fire him. If you know, the alternative is leaving the program in limbo for weeks and weeks and weeks at what has now become the most important recruiting window on the calendar. And you see now without a head coach in place, what was interesting to me, they did not name an interim head coach, right? They did not promote somebody from his staff to be interim head coach Mm -hmm. while he is on administrative leave. That right. tells me John Cunningham is running the basketball program right now. Right. Which, which then would point to the fact, cause, cause I heard, I believe it was Justin on with Mo as well. And, and you might've touched on it as well was the fact that the assistants haven't been, been placed on administrative leave from everyone's knowledge. To my, but I don't even know if the assistants are under contract right now. Right. If they're like, on year to year contracts, like it could have been April 1st. 
Well, I didn't know if potentially they could still be reaching out to people in the portal or if that's just completely no reason to What What good is that going to do? If a kid was going to commit to Cincinnati right now, there's like I wouldn't consider that kid if my life depended on it. I've heard you say that a couple other places. I completely agree. Aaron, you now have joined us. Hi, Aaron. Oh, the the third sometimes wobbly leg of this bar stool. Welcome on, Aaron Smith. Aaron, Saturday, break it down for me. You receive wind of all of this giant upheaval of a new wrinkle in this craziness that is the the basketball program at University of Cincinnati this offseason. What went through your mind and what have you been able to kind of wrap up since Saturday up to now? Well, I mean, I think I, I called Chad Saturday morning and I just asked him about football practice. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to talk about hoops anymore. I'm tired of talking about hoops. Also, I didn't really want to rehash on anything you guys already touched on, but I heard Chad say, you know, it, it's been, we're a week and three days shy of six weeks, but there are also allegations that, Cunningham has not talked to coach since the last game, which I believe the date on that was March 14th. And so if they haven't talked since then, good Lord. Yeah, but you're, you're not in this situation. You're not, if, if the lawyers are involved, the AD is not talking to the coach. Well, nothing had been announced at that point. You know, no one knows. Right. I'm, I'm going off of allegations and what's been reported. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know at that point when lawyers officially got involved, but you know, from everything that we know from what's been reported and, you know, only the things that we've heard spit out factually, you know, I, I can't speak to when everything happened there, but that just makes me wonder how long this really was planned from the jump. And, and, and my point of view on it now is that when you do bring in Tom Mars and when you do get, get the side of John brand coming out, it's, it's, What's everyone outside of the state of Cincinnati, to use a Luke Fickle term, really knows about the situation? You know, it that's when you get the national look of like, okay, what's what's going on with with this? The is the athletic department at the University of Cincinnati completely dropping the ball right now? What's what's going on over there? Which is why I think the AD needs to act quickly. And and that's when I bring up to you guys pros and cons. If if they are it seems like all signs point to a firing for cause. Why can't they just drop that hammer? You know, tomorrow because or, because or this, this is week? this is going to court, but you're right. And the legal ramifications. And, and if you uh, if you fire him for cause today, and you do not have everything, every duck in a row, t, every t dotted, every i crossed. Yeah. If you don't have all of that taken care of, then you, like when you can't, you're not going to be able to go into to a court and say this is why we're firing him. If that if that comes with, we found this four days after we fired him. Okay, okay. You're not going to be able to. That's not going to be admissible because you have already fired him for cause at that point. Okay. You can't come up with the cause four days later. So devil's advocate, does that mean that the cause potentially has not been found yet? I don't know. Right, right. That I don't know. I'm just answering like what you can't do it unless you have everything lined up. And I, and I know people are going to say that's why this is taking so long. And I, and I agree. I'm just saying you have to be cognizant of what you were potentially doing to the program when you decided to take this path, 
Yeah. Because this is the most difficult path, right? right. The easy paths were keep him, fire him, and pay him his buyout that you didn't have. We, we know right. that they don't have $5.25 million laying around. Right. But those were the quick, those are the rip the bandaid off options. Yeah. This, like, we're trying to, like, uh, close open heart surgery with, like, uh, a needle that you use for, like, uh, sewing. Sewing, yes. <laughs> it's going to take knitting. quite a, a little, bit of time. A knitting kit, right. Yeah. So, so have we have we talked about the document that Mars thinks? That was going to be had? my next question. That was going to be my next question, actually. And Is there any idea what this document could even potentially It could just be, be a note that said, like, LOL, I spooked you. You know, I, I I don't think that there's one singular document. I just want it to be a meme, like a picture of a meme. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's let's talk realistically. If it was something major, wouldn't it have to be something like an email between the president and the AD saying, "We don't have the money to fire him. We're gonna have to find cause." Like right. that's if he had actually had something, that's probably about all it could be. Uh, John Cunningham is a lawyer. He has worked in compliance. I have a very difficult time believing he would be dumb enough to subject an email exchange like that to a Freedom of Information Act request. Right? right? So my guess is it's Tom Mars saber rattling, which is what Tom Mars does. Well, because well, let, 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 let's say he has something, right? Let's say he yeah. does have something. And John gets fired Friday for cause, right? That's not going to come out in a court of law for like a year. We're three years from Kevin Ollie being fired, and that thing's still not like completely settled and situated. Right. So, who like all he has to do is say it, and yeah. it gets out there, and it becomes a conversation that we're having on this podcast, like mission accomplished by him, whether he has something you know, relative where he has nothing, you yeah. know, he might have a note from John Cunningham to John Brannon saying, uh, we're going to fire you, uh, circle which way you want it to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yes or no. <laughs> yeah. Yes or no. Like uh, <laughs> you could have taking you back to, to high school. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, was it folded up like a football though? No, it was folded up like one of those things. Origami. That, origami. origami oh, no. Oh, no. The, the yes, no, I like those. <laughs> yeah, it was folded up like one of those, and you had to pick, like, you had to guess, like, yeah. six. So oh, whichever. And then one, it comes out, yeah. Two, I got you. I got three, you. four, five. You got to figure out what that is. The name of that thing. You, you guys Crap. know. You, four you cards. It was, Damn it. It, was like, it was like MASH before MASH. Oh, MASH yeah. is a fun game. Fun game. I, so, but that, it's mission accomplished whether he has something or not. Because now it's being talked about, and now it's something the university lawyers have to prepare for. That he, you know, but but who? How how long would that be before Tom Mars entered it into evidence, and, and anybody found out what it actually was? And so it right. doesn't matter what the document says. The damage of him saying he has the document right now is done. I'm so sure it's got. Go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, I'm sure it's got everybody still a little worried or concerned as to what this phantom document may be. Sure, that's the point. Right. Like, right. That's what I just said. Like, that's the whole point. I just mean, like, to your point, yes, he's on there. Everyone's on their heels, and it's just a huge smoke and mirrors 
mess. Well, so exhibit A of having the amount of money needed to buy out and then making the move that way would be Indiana. And you saw how quickly numerous players from IU have decided to pull their names out of the transfer portal and return to Indiana. And we've heard from numerous sources, Chad, you've covered this a lot, that the players in the portal from Cincinnati currently do have that, that, that thought that returning back to the Bearcats is an option. So I, when, when I saw Gabe Madsen, who I thought was probably the least likely, one of the two least likely to come back, when I saw him throw out that, that commitment to Utah, it kind of made things seem a little bit real to me. And then you see today, you know, Mikey Saunders is, is meeting with BYU. And you see, you know, uh, Mason Madsen has been in deep talks with, with uh, down in New Mexico. And, and, and Zach Harvey, obviously, with talks out in California. At what point do you guys think it, it becomes too far in the process for all these players to kind of decide, you know what, I've got to move on from this? Five weeks ago. What was that? Five weeks ago. Yeah. Well, I, I really, no, I, I think that, I mean, you saw the IE players enter the portal. The Mike Woodson, Woodson hire happens. Things kind of take place like that. Completely different cases, but still one where a lot of disgruntled with, with the coach. A new coach comes in. The buyout happened. Numerous players returned, and I expect more. At what point for Cincinnati is that kind of completely thrown out the window and you see no current players in the portal with reserving and holding that option to return? I think pretty soon because, look, can you imagine the conversation between Mason Madsen and Rick Pitino where Mason Madsen says, look, you know, I know you're, you're recruiting me and you want me to come, but, you know, I, I'm just going to need a little more time. Like, I'm going to need you to, to hold on for another two weeks while I see what unfolds at Cincinnati. You know what Rick Pitino, Richard Patino is going to do? Richard's going to go look at the portal and go, there's a hundred of you in here. <laughs> right. And, and then, and then he's not going to have a great spot. His land, one of his great best landing spots is off the board. Imagine Mikey Saunders saying that to, to Mark Pope at BYU. A six seed in the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah. You know what, Coach? I, I appreciate the interest, and, and I'd love to come to BYU. But I'm going to need you to be patient with me here for a couple more weeks while I let this situation at Cincinnati play out. You know how many times that's going to go – that's going to work? Right. Zero well, times. On the Zero flip side times. Of, on the flip side of that coin, though, you got playing time open aplenty right now as the roster has four dudes. Okay, but you don't know who's going to be the coach. You don't know the situation. Yeah, you can't. I, if you're in this situation, Aaron, put yourself in their shoes. How long are you just going to be patient with no answers? I understand. I'm just saying, like, it's not the worst fallback if you do have to go back to Cincinnati and there's roster spots everywhere. Okay, but you, you don't have to go back to Cincinnati. You have real options. Real Wait, options. Somebody had to play devil's advocate for the school. I know. I'm just like, I'm just, I get it. But this goes back to, you had to have understood there was going to be a timeline here. Like it, we've heard nothing, but John Cunningham has continued to meet with the players in the portal. Right. He, he has continued to tell those players in the portal to be patient while this process plays out. What I'm saying is there is an expiration on that patience. 
Those players aren't loyal to to John Cunningham. Right. Chad, genuine question. In a normal season, how how many times do you think a a freshman on the basketball team talks with the athletic director? Person to person, face to face, about as serious of, of a decision as what's going on. In, in a normal situation, probably zero. Right. So it for these kids as well, you got to look at it. This is kind of strange, you know. I, like you said. They've been – I mean, at least one or two of them have be, been meeting with the athletic director for at least – Right. A couple weeks prior to the end of the season. It's, it's at least. It's not more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's completely – I, I don't know. It's it's bonkers. Uh, that these, it's, these are things we're looking right now at. John Cunningham has been aware of of this, right, for at least a month and a half. At least, yeah. And here we are, three weeks, three plus weeks from the end of the season, and at least three weeks a month, dating back into the season where he was where, where, where this was brought to his attention, and this is still playing out with no answer in sight. Don't, don't you have to take that? In, like, that's my criticism of John Cunningham. Doesn't that have to come into consideration? Right. How long is this going to be a program in limbo if I take this route? Right. Now, I maybe mean, he believes it's the only only option he had. Yeah. I, I, I mean, even okay, crazy, you see, you see Jay Sarola's post, you see, you know, Jaron Cunningham, uh, Jaron Cunningham, geez, who? <laughs> Cumberland constantly, yeah, I've been having Cunningham in my head for way too long. But Cumberland going on, of course, back to social media. It, it just seems like this is this is a a situation that has been going on for even more than the past two months. So uh, the the hope is that things progress quickly. The reality is it probably won't. But hey, you know, I I think this is take taking twists and turns that have been somewhat known but kind of also unknown in the same sense so i think that anything can really happen from here on out but i think as I, but here, that, but, option one and option two are gone so now i think it's just a timetable for option three yeah and when it comes three. to the time yeah the big little finger <laughs> and when it comes to the time who knows <laughs> i mean gosh that's the worst part of this all are we yeah, having Brady on? We we need to we, we need to liven this up. Golly, I'm tired of talking about it. It's exhausting. <laughs> see, see, I'm not because try I'm me. To, I don't know. I'm supposed to this to be this inter- eternal optimist, right? Well, this has really, really just been a nice little little dagger to to the fans out there that always see the brightness in the team and and uh, the positivities. I mean, you have to admit, as the as the season wore on last year. And, and the team started to, to collect and play together, at least the players on the court, you started to see pieces. You started to see a future. This right now is just a complete debacle. And it does seem like they're now currently the national media has grabbed a hold of it. There's only one side currently that is being exposed to, to the people that aren't in the know that don't follow the BCJ numerous different ways. So who knows? Hopefully the, the AD, John Cunningham, and everyone involved acts quickly. But Aaron, as we've seen, the dominoes have have they've fallen, but extremely slowly. I just, I, 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 I as everybody, I just want an answer. You know, I, I think we just want to see this thing start to progress, one way or the other. Yeah. Well, 
<sighs> we can continue going on this. It seems like we've kind of beat it into the ground. Um, I mean, I, it's going to happen. The, the Tom Mars side of it seems it does seem to have really sped up the process because now I feel like Mars can just continue to dump out news covering the one side to kind of skew skew mindsets and things like that. It's very strange that he's interacting with fans on Twitter. Yeah. That's who he is. Like that that's he he's the loudest guy in the room. Like that that's 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 his strategy. Some like some lawyers you don't know exist. That's why I was so like uh-oh when I heard Tom Mars was involved because Tom Mars' whole thing is is playing everything out in as publicly a fashion as possible. And that's exactly what we're getting. So he's like a Cochrane type of personality. Oh yeah. Like go look at his like his past history. This is this is how he's always been. Par for the course. Yeah, it's 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 exactly what I expected when I heard Tom Mars' name. But I mean, if I'm looking for a guy to coach the Bearcats in the future, I, I mean I might I might just stay in house. I might go downstairs to the first floor of the lender center. I might see if Brady Collins wants to be my basketball coach. Oh, wow. I missed something. What happened? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> That's just how I decided to introduce you. Oh, hey. Are you saying no? Year. What? If they ask you to be the basketball coach. I'm 100% saying no. I hear they're looking. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pay's pretty good. Nah, it don't matter. <laughs> No, I think okay. you get some bruisers out on the court. I think it could look. Oh, nice. no doubt. I'd be more like, oh yeah, I'm definitely a Huggins, you know, type of guy. So, you know, because <laughs> people forget Huggins. Huggins' first strength coach was Mick Marotti. Yep. Okay. And uh, you know, to this day, I mean, Mick always said Huggins was, you know, he easily could have been a football coach just the way he was. All right, you know, it's, it's it's interesting you mentioned that though, because so Mick, of course, you were a prodigy under him, correct? Yep. At Ohio State. And then so now the question is raised, what's what's kind of the different mindset when it goes into being strength and conditioning coach for the basketball program and then one for the football program? Is it are you dealing with two completely different sets or are you able to kind of just mold them as you will? Or is it all based off of what the head coach wants? Has, has the podcast officially started that I missed the end? We're on. We're on. Oh, there we go. And normally I get like a Wait, fun well, intro. We we started early because we wanted to be done by the the, the basketball tip, oh, tip for the basketball true. game tonight. That's very true. That's so very true. that and we we wanted to get basketball in first because people are craving basketball information. So we did basketball Absolutely. first. That you came in into the middle of the podcast. That's why it seemed awkward to you. There we go. Okay. You also that gave we were, see, I'm I'm so accustomed to being the start of the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. You also gave us an like, easy I... out to not have to talk about it anymore. So well, you, yeah. you did cheat on us and put on the BCJ pod a couple weeks ago. So we had to kind of throw <laughs> somewhat of a curveball at you. I, you I don't you back you know. I don't discriminate from BCJ, BPP, whatever it is. You know, <laughs> it, it, if we're talking Bearcats football, I'll be there. So, um, well, good. Well, yeah, normally I kind of get a little intro and then I know we're rolling, but, uh, Go ahead, say that Brent, question again. Brent, it was, Brent give yeah. him an intro and then ask the question again. <laughs> yeah. Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Line them up, 
and shoot him down. Brady Collins, one that cannot miss. Woo, we've got ourselves a football program with the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. How you doing, Brady? Doing great, brother. Appreciate that, that amazing introduction there. That was second to none right there. Welcome back on. Welcome back on. Or just second. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take second. Yes, or just second. I'll take second. But, Brady, you know what? I'm, I'm throwing out that basketball question. It, it's time to completely move on. And sure. what, so one of the last things that we saw you kind of being a part of was Pro Day. And mm-hmm. it, it seems like Pro Day is going to be something, starting this past season, I think it's going to be something that grows even bigger, especially at Cincinnati, as more and more highly talented players starting to get a little bit more recognition, if you will. And what was kind of your role all throughout the day during Pro Day? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. We were sitting there talking uh, at the end of Pro Day or kind of during the middle of it. And I think it was like, you know, Thick and I, we kind of looked at each other. And we said, we're going to have to, you know, get some space next year because it's going to be pretty big time next year. And, uh, you know, again, that's a testament to, you know, the, the unbelievable job the coaches are doing recruiting and our entire program is, a, you know, just developing and obviously the kids in the locker room. But, you know, that's, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to come here, um, you know, develop young men, win championships, a great product on and off the field, graduate kids, and then obviously, you know, put them in a position to go succeed in the NFL. And, you know, it's been happening, lining up that way, and it's just going to continue to grow. But um, from my standpoint, it's more just logistics, you know, working with um, our director, player personnel, chief of staff, making sure, you know, the scouts all know where we're going, making sure everything's, you know, organized and set up for the events, you know, like we started in the weight room. Um, where they did their bench and their vertical and their measurements and all that stuff. Then you transition out to the testing for the 40 and all that stuff. Um, so it's, it's basically just a little bit of that, just making sure everything's set up, um, ready for them to do. It's, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's kind of a day where really I don't do too much. And it's, I mean, it's kind of nice because the scouts, you know, that's their day. That's their job to do everything. But, you know, you're going to be talking with some guys here and there, you know, it might be some head coaches and teams and all that, but, Really, it's just great for me, my staff, just to kind of watch the guys that, you know, we help grow and develop and haven't seen them in a little bit because, you know, they went off and trained at other places, which is awesome. And um, But it was a great day. Is, is that by design where the lifting portion done first and then the running? Is that kind of adhered to like a warm-up and then you go for it? Because I imagine you're, you're putting all into the 40. A lot, a lot more crazy things can happen doing that than – they could try to just max out on bench. Yeah. You just, you know, you, you obviously want to set the kids up um, again, you know, the, the combine in itself and even the pro day, it's a more mental challenge than it is physically. Like, yes, you're going to be physically tired because you're doing everything in one day, but also the mental aspect, right? I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to take the Wonderlick test. Um, you know, the coaches are evaluating the coaches, the pro scouts, some coaches are evaluating you on everything, how you walk, how you talk, your demeanor, you know, are you talking to, to your guys? Are you talking to these guys? Are you, you know, just, I mean, from top to bottom, they're doing all that stuff. So you definitely want to, you know, set it up in a way that uh, is catered to the player. So obviously you don't want to start on the field, you know, do a 40, do the shuttle, do all those things, take them through position drills, then take them inside and try to, you know, get a, a bench on them and a vertical jump because they're going to be shot mentally and physically. So right. it's kind of set up that way. You know, they start height measurements, um, 
take the wonder lick, uh, do a two twenty five vertical. Then they go to the field and they do all their field testing vertical or the, uh, 40 broad jump, short shuttle, the three cone, and then they go, uh, position work. So it's a, uh, it's a doozy. Now, would you have still done everything inside in the indoor practice facility, as opposed to outside on a day like today, by comparison to the day, the weather of the, of the day that you had your pro day there? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you, you want to be indoors. Uh, you just don't want weather to ever be a factor. Um, you know, again, granted, we have the bubble that was still up. So it is, it's great because, you know, again, even if it is a little bit chilly or there's a, a big gust of wind, there's no issues. Right. So, um, you know, I remember, I think it was our first year. I think the pro day was outside. And that was because whatever the you know previous regime was and how they scheduled the bubble takedown and all that stuff. And I'll just never forget. We looked at, you know, coach and I looked at each other and we're like, this will never happen ever again. Cause you want to put your kids in the best position and opportunity to perform really well. And, you know, God forbid that bubble's not up on pro day in, you know, late March or whenever it is. And all of a sudden it starts pouring on you. So um, no, you definitely prefer to have that in, inside. Is that why practice was outside in 40 degree temperatures that morning? Cause it was cold as hell standing out there. <laughs> well, you know, we all know how Ohio weather is. It's why we love it. Born and raised Midwest. You got to love it. You got to appreciate it. Um, you know, and if you don't change. like it, just wait 10 minutes and it'll change. Just wait 10 minutes. Absolutely true. Um, no, we, we wanted to get outside just because, you know, our kids love being outside. Um, you know, there is something really awesome about being in the bubble. Yes, if it's a little chilly, you'll be, you know, protected from it and all that stuff. But just the space that we have in Nippert, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of the feel really more than anything. It's more the psychological effect um, that, you know, like I said, there's always a reason why we do the stadium steps in the summer. And, you know, there's a certain number of uh, reps that we do. And it's seven. Like, why is it seven? Because you play six guaranteed home games and then seven is the conference championship game. So there's always, you know, kind of a little, uh, you know, kick in the rear end, kind of a, an uptick in, you know, the, the hype and all that stuff, the juice when we go into nip, because it means something, you know, the guys love being out there. They love um, the atmosphere, whether there's fans or not. I mean, I, we know it's practice, but again, it was kind of cool that day too, because it, there was fans, there was people watching and, you know, guys checking us out. So it was, it was just a good, good day to get outside. Two-part two question here. Love First it. off, what would you get projected on the Wonderlink test? <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, so I was, sitting, I was sitting with some of the scouts that I know pretty well, and uh, I was like, hey, let me see one of those. <clears throat> so I got it, and I started, like, looking through it and all that stuff, and, um, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it. And I'm like, I'm going to – and then, you know, I want you guys to tell me my score. And then it was funny because uh, – Greg Gillum, our chief of staff, was like, Brady, he's like, maybe you don't want to do that because what if you find out you're not as smart as some of these other guys? <laughs> and I go, you know what? That's a very good point. I'm going to not take this. But uh, it's uh, it's a very unique test. I tell you what, again, it's it's all about just trying to get kids to think on their toes, um, right. you know, put them in different unique situations, see, see if there's someone that's going to process information fast and move on to the next one or if they're going to really dissect something and find the outlier get it quick, move on to the next. Cause you know, it's really, the test is set up for you not to finish it. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a doozy. Part two. Uh I thought that was the two. Go ahead. Uh, Oh no. Part two. Speaking of finishing, I would say that uh, 
Derek Forrest finished with a with with a bang. If yes. You will. Just talk about the emotions that you felt seeing seeing Defoe just have a beast of a day during the pro day. Yeah. Again, you know, I, I'm so proud of all the guys. I mean, top to bottom. Um, just you know, the work ethic and the sacrifices that they've made throughout their past, you know, three to five years, some of them. And uh, it was, it was just, you know, you're like a proud, a proud dad, you know, just kind of standing back watching them. But uh, you know, no doubt I, I not to be biased or anything, but the love and the admiration and the respect and the, you know, just the gratitude that I will have for Derek Forrest throughout the rest of my life will always be an all time high. And, Again, just so proud of him. Again, just just the human being that he is. From day one, he's been the same. And, uh, you know, to see him go out and do what he did, you know, it's only going to help. You, you could not possibly have wiped the smile off your face after you got done watching him go through everything. And by the time he got done with his 40, like you were, your chest was puffed out. You were, <laughs> you were a proud dad to see Absolutely. that kid get his moment in the sun. Absolutely. It was again, like I said, all those guys for sure. For all um, of them. Yes. But th- yes. we've talked about it. Derek we have. has meant we something have. to you since he, he the has. day he walked into this program. He has, he has. And again, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, again, the testament of who he is as a human being, as a young man. And uh, you know, what's really cool is, you know, I, I've talked to his dad at lengths, who's a great, great guy, you know, just always tell him about, about adoption. No, not about (laughs) adoption. I'm good. I got two. I got two. We're good. Really. I got 120 if you count all the kids, but uh, it's a lot. No, I mean, you know, again, yeah, you're going to hold your chest out, you know, be proud of them, all that stuff, but in no way, shape or form, do I feel like I have any of the credit or anything like that? I mean, that's, that's that young man. That's his heart. That's his mind. That's his work ethic. And, just to see it be displayed for others, something that I've always known, something that everybody in our program's always known. But uh, that's what I was more proud about for people to kind of be like, Oh, you know, everybody obviously, and myself included, you know, Wiggins was more of that freak and all that stuff and got a lot of publicity. Um, Very similar to the way, you know, Ahmad gets a lot of publicity and Kobe might not as much like it doesn't affect them. They just put their head down, they work, they lead and they do everything the right way. And, you know, those are ultimately the guys that win you championships. Now, do you feel like pro day is as much a test for you and the regimens that you've put these guys through? Like, is there really a bigger day for you to kind of showcase off who you are and what you've done for these guys in the time that they've been here? Uh, no, you know, I think, uh, I think that's generally on Saturdays in the fall. Um, you know, but again, it does just kind of not, not validate, but it just, you know, goes kind of into, the whole philosophy of what we do and what we're really all about. And it's not just, you know, guys that can bench heavy weight and squat and run and do all these things. It's guys that can play football really, really, really well. And then they have the tools and the measurables to go with it or to enhance it and to make, you know, like I always said, anybody's going to look good in tights running and doing all these combine stuff and all that stuff. When you press play on the film, if what you saw matches that, well, then, you know, you got a winner. If what you saw during the pro day, you know, kind of is more than what you saw in film, it's going to make you kind of wonder a little more, or if it doesn't, it's going to really make you wonder. And um, like I said, again, everything's just about evaluating the total package, but no doubt when you press play, that's the ultimate end all be all. Personal question for you. Um, So the bench press, right? Yep. 
So believe it or not, I did play football in high school. I wasn't great, but I, uh, I tried hard. But um, <laughs> to break it down, some of my coaches said, you know, bench press is not truly that important when it comes to the game of football. They're, they're kind of on your side with the whole squat. Yep. Why do you think the combine and, and pro days use that max out bench as, as truly the only indicator when it comes to lifting weights? Uh, you know, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with safety and one, you know, I mean, you're not going to put someone, uh, in, you know, put them under a bar and have them squat a certain weight. Right. Um, just because that could, you know, obviously fatigue them for any other testing that you're going to do or, you know, but, uh, I think it's just one of those, you know, standard uh, tests that's been there for, you know, the age of time. And, you know, it is a good indicator of just, you know, overall strength. And a lot of guys, you know, we, we see it at this level. You see it at every level. They're, they're going to be more of, you know, a heavy bencher, low rep guy, whereas some guys can knock out 225 for multiple, you know, tons of reps. And, you know, again, it's all just about correlating, you know, evaluating those numbers, seeing if they can, you know, fit a certain uh, criteria that you want, but, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you at the end of the day, bench press does not make you a great football player. It really doesn't. Um, you know, there's multiple ways to, to develop your chest and do all that stuff, but it is, it's kind of one of those old school, um, you know, just meatball, you know, lift and who doesn't love the bench. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. So, I just completely wrecked my train of thought. I have no idea. I was laughing and got lost. Well, well, you thought about me playing football. I yeah, that too. I can get Lord. down a three point stance, see what happens. We'll we'll probably get down with that. But, so I got it. No one, so, no one, no one doubts you can get down in a three point stance. The question is, can you get up? Can can, can the burst coming out of it? And I agree. I agree. So you did anyone? Did anyone actually surprise you? It's been a couple of weeks since you worked with any of these guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but did yeah. anybody's actual numbers surprise you in the time since you last saw them? Uh, no. And that's, you know, that's not to sound like I'm tooting any horn or anything like that, but we've been so blessed to be with these kids for so long that we've seen them do these types of things. Um, again, sometimes when the lights are on, you know, you are going to have a little extra, you know, giddy in the step and maybe you do kind of shave a 10th or, jump an inch higher or something like that. Um, but no, nothing, nothing really shocked me. Um, again, it was just more proud of the guys doing what they had to do and then stepping up on that day and performing well, putting themselves in a position to further themselves, whether they get drafted or sign an undrafted, you know, rookie contract, because again, all it takes is one. It only takes one team to, to take a shot on you. And then again, like we tell every kid when it comes here, like, yes, we're all here to help you. We're all here to guide the way and show you a vision of what you could and should be. But at the end of the day, it's all on you. Chad, did you have some? Well, Brady, let's let's morph it into the team. Obviously, you guys are on a week break, right? Um, in, in between spring practices, kind of give us your. And I know you kind of tried. You touched on this in the BCJ pod about just some general observations on the field at spring practice, but. In the first half, kind of who who were some players? Because I know the, the board would love to hear this. Everyone would love to hear just, just some names on the current team that kind of really bounced out to you that kind of like what Aaron said, you weren't maybe weren't expecting, but more just weren't were thinking, okay, well, hey, this guy's showing me a little bit something that I did not quite think he was ready to show me yet. Uh, I mean, number one that stands out, obviously, is Malik Rainey. Um, 
you know, a young guy that just came in and, uh, you know, getting, getting reps with the twos, getting reps with the ones even a little bit. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with maybe, you know, management and load of older guys, but it's also because he's doing really, really well. And, uh, you know, you got to push those guys to get reps, to put them in the heat with the ones and the twos and all that. But, you know, he's a guy that stands out. Um, another guy, you know, same room. There's two guys in that corner room that kind of stand out to me. I mean, Shep, Jaquan Shepard's really stepping up, doing a good job. I think this is a big year for him maturity-wise. Um, so I think he's doing a better job. Um, another young guy, Sammy Anderson, starting to do really well, getting reps with the twos, pushing guys. But, uh, Bumpus you know, too. Yeah, Bumpus. Yeah, you know what? Bumpus is like one of those guys I don't talk about as much sometimes just because I have seen a lot, like, I mean, early on in the season, he was getting reps with twos and all that stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, he, he is, he's doing a great job. Um, you know, if I, if I stay on the outside and kind of work inside, I mean, again, Blue Smith is a guy that is still doing really, really well. Um, really proud of him. Again, he's been through a lot and just, you know, seeing what he's fought through the adversity and all that stuff and just got to keep him rocking. Tyler Scott looking really good. Um Marquez Bell is a young whiteout that just has a lot of grit to him that I love watching him play. Um, you know, Mikey Young doing some good things, moving inside and outside, kind of challenging the defense and the offense as well. And, um, you know, and it, again, it's great that John Williams can be there at practice when he doesn't have class because no doubt it's really good to see him in there. Um, but uh, I think, uh, you know, again, everybody's doing really well. Everybody's getting better, doing all those things. You see a lot of, you know, really cool things with, with the older guys, guys like Dez, right. That yes, he may have went to, you know, the Jordan Palmer thing in Cali and, you know, done some things and all that stuff. But like when he came back, it's not like he changed everything and tried to learn or uh, do everything that he did out there and bring it here. Like all he did was just enhance his toolbox and you could just see some certain things with him when you watch him, you're just like, Oh, okay. We didn't see that last year. And, uh, you know, credit to him and obviously Coach Gino, a guy that really, really starting to look good is uh, Evan Prater. And mm -hmm. obviously, you know, the program needs him to do that. Selfishly, we all need him to. But, you know, just really proud of him because he has really, you know, honed in on his mechanics and really developed his strength and all that stuff. And you just see some things sometimes that really they remind you of a young Des, just his raw, natural athletic ability. Um, you know, how he can make plays with his feet and all that stuff. But um, I'd take it another step, and I'd say it's his leadership that really stands out to me. How's everyone's favorite German giant doing in his uh, transition to guard? I think he's doing really well. You know, I think uh, I think that puts him in a position where, um, you know, he doesn't maybe have to think so much. And sometimes that could be just, you know, self-infliction of thinking, oh, man, I got to pass that, and this guy's coming and that guy's coming. But. You know, it could be a little bit of a safety net where you're inside. You know, you're kind of protected in a way. You got a guy on the outside, a guy on the inside. But, um, you know, credit to the coaching staff because you got to put your your players in the best position to, you know, succeed. And, you know, getting a guy that's 6'9", 325 pounds, who's strong as all can be in a better position, I think, you know, that only makes the team better. So really, really proud of him and uh, going to continue to battle his butt off to, to push for some uh, PT. You you mentioned John Williams in class. So do you put some, you know, bricks in his book bag or, or, or anything like that to make sure he's still getting to work in while, while going from class to class? No, Johnny's good. Trust me when he's, 
when he's in there with me, I make sure he gets every minute of training. So he's uh, he's a great young man, obviously extremely smart, but uh, has a very bright future ahead of him on and off the field. You know, I, you may have already touched on this on the BCJ pod, but the, you know, Chad and, and, and Dave just continuously mentioned how strong the defense looks and, you know, you have been around some some really good defenses, um, you know, going back to, to your previous locations and things of that sort. I mean, watching them through the first, you know, couple you know, couple weeks of spring practice, are you kind of starting to see, wow, this is an, an elite, elite group? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, every year I kind of, you know, take our numbers, take our testing results, you know, our measurables, all those things. And I kind of go back through every year of every place that I've ever been, including the past years here. And uh, it was really cool. I think it was in 2018, ESPN put out uh, this graphic and breakdown of, you know, how you win with size. So obviously the bigger you are, the stronger you are, the more wins you get. And it kind of broke it down through position. And it was really cool because I put, you know, the average, uh, I think it was broken down by the two deep. So, you know, the average, you know, height and weight of our two deep from 2017 to 18 and then seeing the wins correlate and then 18 to 19, how we kept increasing it. And then, you know, nine. so I put that out every year and it's really cool to see because, you know, yes, obviously size and strength help you win football games, but you still got to be really good at football. So, you know, take, take Mets for, you know, just cause he's six, nine, 325 pounds. And yes, he's really strong and all that stuff. doesn't mean you're still going to win games. You still got to have, the intangibles, not just being really good at football, but you got to have the, the trust, the respect, the love, the commitment and the brotherhood of the locker room. And at the end of the day, you know, from my standpoint, as much as we love heavy squat bench and fast times and all that stuff, it's really all about that. It's really all about your love for one another in that locker room, the love you have with your coaches as the entire program, because that's what you're showcasing every Saturday. Um, so that, that's what I would say more than anything. But, you know, when I when I kind of look back at the teams like, yes, like, you know, but maybe that's because uh, at, at a certain place I was at, maybe we didn't, you know, push it as much. Or maybe it's because you had elite, elite five stars at every position and you didn't want to do this and that. Like, you know, again, I'm kind of the old school mentality. We're going to we're going to train hard. You're going to get as strong as you possibly can. And then when we get to a certain point, we're going to fine tune some things and tweak it and you know, do some other things that are still going to enhance you and prep you to go play the game at a very, very high level. Now I hear there's been a lot of former players showing up here over the last couple of weeks. So how many, uh, how many friendships have you gotten to rekindle here over the last couple of weeks with guys? Stopping oh yeah. In? Well, I mean, obviously with all the guys coming back for pro day, that was great. Um, you know, again, I know it's only been about two and a half, three months, but it feels like a year. And uh, it was great to see all those guys. Um, you're always going to get some guys come through, um, you know, a guy that always stops in every now and then is Garrett Campbell, who I love to death. Um, you know, just a great kid guy that, you know, obviously his story, he was a walk on developed, um, really blossomed, um, through our program and everything. And obviously did everything the right way, left a great legacy in that old line room. Um, but it is, it's always, that's what you want. You know, when you, when you build a program, and, you know, we always tell our kids as seniors, you want to leave the program better than when you got into it. And, you know, we can say that every year that's kind of happened. And, you know, that's a testament to those kids, but it's also the challenge and the opportunity that we have as coaches and those kids in the locker room to continue that 
and to make it better than the way um, it was when they got in. So, you know, again, that's a huge testament to, you know, the guys like Dez and Maje Sanders and Kobe Bryant, Curtis Brooks, Marcus Brown, Darian Beavers, the guys that could have left, but they ultimately wanted to come back and leave a, you know, a real legacy. So, so what is the return from the week away? Kind of, kind of segueing into that and then we'll let you go here in a bit, but kind of what is the, the, the focus on that return? Don't want to amp up too fast. Right. Or is that kind of, or are they going to be ready? Have they been doing things during the time away or what kind of is the uh, game plan from there? Yeah. So I think, you know, it kind of worked out, you know, pretty well normally, you know, in the normal year, you got, you know, your academic schedule lines up with spring ball and, you know, your spring break where you got a full week off and all that. But, you know, I think, I think it really worked out well for our guys to kind of get a little mental break more so than physical. I mean, again, yes, they've been practicing and doing really well and all those things, but the mental break is more important than anything. Getting, getting a chance to go see your family, you know, spend the holiday with them, Easter, all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we get back, you know, we'll, we'll slowly integrate back into it. We'll have some, you know, return to play workouts and meetings and all that stuff. And then, you know, we'll slowly get back into practice and um, get back into that, you know, high octane, you know, very competitive spirit that we always practice with. And, you know, selfishly, I don't think our guys will miss a beat. Oh. And then, of course, tonight, will you be watching the game? We got Gonzaga. Gonzaga versus Baylor. That's right. I think if it was a if it was a football game, I, I'd probably side with Baylor. I think they've got <laughs> some more, you know, short twitch and, and, and some bigs that can really, no. really beast. <laughs> but actually, ooh, actually, I take that back. Jalen Suggs, former, yes. you know, five star quarterback. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But who are you taking in the game tonight? Uh, I got to go with Gonzaga. Okay. Um, and uh, you know what? That was that was one of the best games I think I've watched in a long time. Oh yeah, uh, that Gonzaga UCLA game, and Oof. you know, of course, yeah, I was pulling for UCLA. You know, Coach Cronin obviously was here at UC, and you know, met him a bunch of times, saw him in the building, and you know, he was always a good dude and big supporter. But uh, man, what a great game that was! Um, so tonight, you know, I I, I watched Baylor play Houston. I know the strength coach for uh, basketball at Houston. Um, he's a great dude. And, uh, you know, so I was watching them, try, you know, hopefully pulling for them and obviously the American Conference. But uh, mm -hmm. Baylor's a good team. Obviously, you got two ones. So, no doubt that's how they wanted it. Uh, but uh, I'm still – I'm going to I'm gonna pull Gonzaga. There's something about that guy with the Fu Manchu. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you want to – you want to know the cheat code on whether it's Gonzaga or Gonzaga? Yeah, what's the cheat code? They go by the Zags, not the Zogs. Well, there you go. For the, record, <laughs> for the record, I do want to say I knew they didn't have a football team. I just didn't know if they were like right state and had like a club team or something like that. So, well, it was pretty bad. I even asked someone the other day, I was like, where is Gonzaga? <laughs> <laughs> it's way up there. Way, it's way, up there. way up there. Way up there. Sometimes so, they send, uh, sometimes they send the Bearcats out there to, play their first and second round games in the tournament, which uh, seems a little unfair, right? Well, you know how it is. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's all, you know, there, there's reasons behind everything. That's a whole different game of worms. But, I Brady, know. so I will put all of my shekels on Gonzaga tonight. Thank you for your insight. Um, That's right. Aaron, don't, we'll don't, do take it, 
don't take it with too much grain of salt. Now, I don't, I don't exactly know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I, I don't know. He man. doesn't. He doesn't give any betting advice, Brent. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't know. I was just it, shekels could just be like high fives, like you know, man to man handshakes. Entertainment purposes only. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. You, you had a you had a question earlier when we started. I forget. I forget because again, I was so used and accustomed to being introduced that I was thrown right. off the game. But what what was that? Do you remember? Yes, I do. I do. Okay, here so, we go. When it comes down to it, yes, because of course you're you you were a prodigy who has developed into a master. So congratulations, <laughs> Brady. But kind of what have you been able to gather as far as what goes into being the director of athletic performance when it comes to basketball? When it comes to football, is it more catered to what the head coach tells you he wants, or is it more catered to? different muscles, different movements, or is it kind of just completely different no matter what the circumstance is? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a big, you know, not misconception, but just something that is kind of, you know, uh, talked about a lot in our profession is, you know, do strength coaches do their own program or do they do what the head coach wants them? And I think that's kind of the old school mentality. It was really the head coach, you know, wanted this and that and that, and, you know, the strength coach just abided and all that stuff. But, I think it really comes down to, you know, the relationship that you have. And, you know, again, selfishly, I would say, you know, I'm in one of the best positions in the world because I have the full trust of Coach Vic. He knows exactly what we're doing. It's it's right there with exactly how he wants to build a program and how I want to build it. And, you know, everything that we do only enforces that and develops our kids to make them better football players, not just weightlifters. And, you know, so that, that's a huge thing. I think the relationship of the head coach, and obviously the strength coach have to be, you know, the, the absolute highest priority because, you know, take our world, for example, you know, and we train the kids so much throughout the whole year. Um, you know, coaches, they got recruiting, they got, uh, you know, the camps and all that stuff. Like, you know, there's just so much other things that they do and that we do. So, you know, you got the heartbeat of the team and the pulse and all that stuff, but, you know, they're just, it's two different sports. It really is. I right. mean, football, right? And I'm, I'm going to try to be as unbiased as I can. But <laughs> football, it takes 11 people, right, on the field at one time just to execute one play. Right. Okay, and then you got to put a string of those together, a drive to score, and then turn it around. Now you got 11 guys on the field trying to stop a, another 11 guys for one play and then a series. And then, a, you know, so it's, it's totally different, right? In basketball, you got five guys on the court against five guys. And, you know, it's just – it's two different styles of play. But, again, it really all boils down to your relationships, um, you know, getting the best out of the kids. Because, you know, I'll never forget it. I'll never – you know, Coach Mick said my first day at Ohio State, anybody can write a workout. Anybody can. And it's it's not the, the what you do. It's the hows and the why. And that's what really, you know, again – I, I'm not trying to be biased, but I, you know, just when, when I step back and watch our kids train, I tell our guys all the time, my assistants, I'm like, we should never, ever take this for granted because our kids just love, they love working out. They love pushing one another. And that's because the culture that we build, that's, that's the genuine love that those kids have for one another to not only make themselves better, but when somebody else is doing something, maybe it's more weight than them. Maybe they're outperforming them. They're not going to put their head down and kind of be, you know, mad or upset about it. They're going to, pump them up and cheer just as loud for them because they want them to be great. And the only way they're going to be great is if that guy is pushing him just as much as he's pushing that guy. So, 
Um, you know, it's everybody always kind of gets into those quite even, you know, the female question comes up with that. Like, Oh, can you train females differently than men? Like you train student athletes the same. You, you won, you rip open your chest, you give them your heart. And in turn, you're hoping that they do that. Well, how's that done? You got to build trust. You got to build respect and you got to have a genuine love for one another because without that, it's not going to work. So, but, uh, but yeah, again, trying not to be as biased as I can, but we got, we got great kids, great locker room, great coaches, all those things. Um, it's uh, it's a great thing to be a part of. Now we do want to get you out of here, but I have a couple questions that did show up in the mailbag that were directed specifically at you. And it would be okay. a service if I let you go before we actually ask these questions. So bear in Absolutely. mind, I just want to make these quick hits. Um, the first one is, uh, do you have any wish list items for your weight room that you don't have today? Oh man, do I? Yeah. I mean, there's always, <laughs> you can never have enough toys, you know? I mean, um, let's see, wish list. I would love to have some West side inverted hamstrings. Those would be great. Um, those are pretty expensive though. Uh, I would love to have some more single leg squats. Those would be great. It's a machine, kind of like the leg press, but it has a little lever. You can make it to one leg. We only have one of them. I'd love to have more MVP shuttles. That's a band resisted, uh, no axial loading squat machine. So that's a really great piece of equipment. Very expensive. We got one of them. So if there's anybody listening that really wants to, you know, <laughs> help out, you know, come on, you know, share my numbers, share my, share my information. Um, but, uh, you know, no, again, I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people that's always like, oh, man, we, I wish we had this, this, that, because, you know, I think the way I was raised and just, you know, the evolution of strength training and all that stuff. Yes, there's so many bells and whistles you can do, but you could really train and get the best out of people with your two hands and maybe even a towel, because let's face it, the, the number one thing you better be training is your neck. So that takes end all be all. But. Um, other than that, there's a manual resistance you could do for every movement in the book. Do you feel this team coming in next year stacks up against a Mississippi or an Ohio state roster? Uh, absolutely. Yes, I do. Again, you can, you can take stars and the recruiting stuff and all that. And you can, you know, throw it out the window again. It's all about at the end of the day, when you put your hand down in the dirt, when you line up across from someone, it's your heart versus their heart, your will versus their will. Um, that brotherhood versus whatever that other brotherhood or whatever they think they got. Um, that's what it all boils down to. It has nothing to do with who came from where and who runs the fastest and all that stuff. It's your, it's your attitude and effort. And again, that, that's the best thing in the world because it has nothing to do with your genetics. It's what's, it's what's right here inside you. What is the most surprising gain you've witnessed during spring workouts? Um, has anybody done anything crazy coming in squatting like 200 and putting up, you know, 250, 300 at this point already or anything wild? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say anything's like too crazy. Uh, again, that, that it should be the norm. That should be kind of, you know, standard that guys come in. They can't be as successful and as strong at a certain movement. And then all of a sudden they develop, you know, the, the mechanisms of it, but they develop more muscle and the recruitment and all that stuff. So like, I wouldn't say there's anything that sticks out too much. I think if anything really, you know, really caught my eye or just my whole staff was, you know, a guy like Jawan Briggs, big Juan, who came in and just put up some ridiculous things and you're like, Oh my. And then it was funny because one day he was finishing a set. I think it was like incline bench 
And, you know, a lot of times on our last set, we don't just stop at a number. You, you get as many as you can because you're trying to push it. And uh, I'll never forget it. He got like 315 for like 14 reps or something. And like at 14, I just grabbed it and I racked it. I was like, okay, we're done. And uh, <laughs> he got up and he was, he was like, you know, tired. And he was like, whoo. And I go, I was like, how many, how much have you ever done before? He's like, honestly, I think I've only done that for like two times. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, so. Because well, again, well, until- Incline bench is way harder than regular bench. Oh yeah, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, again, he's, he's a, an unbelievable freak of nature and um, great kid, all that stuff. But just, you know, it's kind of during that phase of, all right, let's see what this kid's all about. Let's see what we can do. And I don't think he'd ever been pushed, you know, certain ways and all that. And he just, he fed off it. He, he loved it. And obviously it's panning out pretty well for him and our program. Watching him run after practice with a shirt off, <laughs> you you call him Big Juan. I might start calling him the Mountain. <laughs> well, like he would his, have to grow. He would have to grow another foot to be the Mountain. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, his like his traps go from the back of his neck to like outside of his shoulders. Yes, he, yes, he's, they do. he doesn't look like a normal human. No, he, he's a, a freak. Of- a lot of these kids aren't. And, uh, you know, again, that, that's a great point you just made there because selfishly, I hope a lot of our kids look that way because there's a legendary quote. And again, a lot of my mentors, my first man mentor, Dr. Ted Lambernitas, who's a Cincinnati native, uh, still comes and sees me to this day. Love that guy. He, he always told me cause he was a GA back in the day. Um, and obviously heard stories of, you know, the legend Woody Hayes, He said, Woody Hayes always said, you should be able to tell your football players on campus when they're walking away from you because their necks are big and their traps and all that. So that's good that you, you took uh, notice of big Juan's neck. By the way, big Juan's catching on. We've, uh, we've used it. So you have successfully made that work. (laughs) I'm glad that the the legend of big Juan is growing because (laughs) I think if I told you half the nicknames we have for some of these kids, they would just woof. There we go. We've got uh, time. Game doesn't start until another 40, you know, 40 minutes. Yeah, so what, time does the, what time does the game start? 9.20. Man. Some of are, <laughs> it's stupid. Just Some, make it start at 8. But 8 is 5 in Spokane, Washington. You know what? It don't matter about that. It could be two Midwest teams playing. They'd still tip off at 9.37. Right. Yeah, because they want the people in Spokane, Washington to watch no matter who's right. That's more money. More people you That's get right. to watch, more, more money you make. More money. More money. I know. Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> Some of the listeners wanted to know if you could do a BCJ boot camp just for one week so we can try to look anything like your players. <laughs> well, no. Anything. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, yes, because anything like we could do some Photoshop, some editing of some things, you know, uh, we could, hey. you know, in a week, in a week, we could really do that. You know, that this could be a good, you know, fundraiser for the uh, the football program hey. boot, boot camp I'm, with Brady. I'm telling you right now, that would be that would be the end because. You know, whatever generates more uh, publicity and more love for our guys in the long run, I'm all about it. Bring bring it um, up, bring it up. Boot camp with Brady. Uh, you're not allowed to officially associate with us, 
So, so we can't have anything <laughs> to do with it, but we can promote it. We can That's promote. Right. That's right. You know, they do. They do fantasy camps. They have a fantasy camp for UC football. I know this, this could be boot camp with Brady. Let us know in the mentions. Would you be interested? Maybe like what, like three days, four days. It has to be up? every day. It has to be every day. <laughs> seven, seven days. We'll make it, we'll make it a tier system, right? There's a four day, okay. a okay. three day and a, you know, maybe a two day. Someone that's, you know, they got, they got six kids like the fickles, right? And they got kids that are in all these sports and they can only make two days a week. That's fine. We'll tier it. We'll tier it for them. Now, is this at NIP or is this out at like higher ground? You know what? We'll make the higher ground be like the, the end all be all special for now. The adult camp one. <laughs> yes. Yes. And because if you survive it of- all, you get a Mio's pizza party. <laughs> yes. And, and all the UC swag you can ever imagine. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Higher, higher ground would, would bring some new elements in there that, might make people want to go from tier one to tier four. <laughs> <laughs> Drop down real quick. Yeah. Except the problem is here's the problem with doing something like that at higher ground. Nobody would lose any weight. <laughs> well, nobody said anything about you were going to get fed. That's what the, the, the point of going, food plan if we went to higher. What ground? the hell's the point of going to higher ground if you don't get fed? That's the whole All reason right. you go. We'll make sure you get one meal from higher ground. <laughs> Because one meal alone will be at least 5,000 calories. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I can't wait for that meal. Man, I love higher ground. It's awesome. It's the that's, best. That's all we got in the mailbag. In the oh. mailbag? There you go. Chad, well, you got anything else for uh, the legend? Thanks, as always, my friend. I will uh, see you hopefully Thursday. Yes. Yes, you will. Hopefully we're outside. What's the weather look like? Um, it's supposed to be hot good. here on Wednesday. I think there might be some rain in the forecast Thursday, but I think it might not be until later. There we go. So, hope, so hopefully we can we can get some action. My uh, daily 50%. Thursday, seventy chance of rain, fifty percent considerable cloudiness with an occasional rain shower. So sounds Those like days, we'll be in, yeah, it sounds like it. we'll be in the bubble. Or in the nip, as long as it as long as it holds off, as long if it can hold yeah. off until noon, we can. There, there's nothing better than those like 65 and cloudy days at the nip. Like those are perfect. Those are the best. Those are the best. We'll take that. Either All way, right. we're gonna be. Either way, we're gonna be getting better. Boom. I will see you Thursday, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Absolutely, Brady. boys. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Of course. Yep. Well, Aaron, any uh, any other mailbags for us? Or I mean, that we... the mailbag was a little light this week. I will it say was. that. Um, I think uh, I think everyone's mind is on uh, one thing and one thing only, which is okay, because it's uh, rightfully so on that. But uh, yeah, everything else was more or less addressed in the basketball segment. Um, and yeah, I mean that's pretty much the uh, the long and short of it. But I did want to get those questions that were Brady specific while we still had him on the hook with us well and then of course as we always do with the bbp close it out with uh tiny tidbits of recruiting and well chad, should we get should we should we get to the big recruiting news yes chad we shall to basketball we have a new, recruit right we have a new director of recruiting oh for the for uc football uh-oh on bearcat journal wow we do none other 
than Aaron Smith. What up? It's me. Hey, Aaron. Got some big shoes to fill. Drew Touch Farber, uh, unfortunately, has, has had a lot going on. Uh, work has been uh, keeping him busy and, and fatherhood, and uh, he did not feel he could adequately fill the position going forward. And so I, uh, I, I went in-house with my, with my replacement, and we're moving Aaron Smith up the totem pole a little bit. And uh, Aaron now will be covering uc football recruiting so is there is there an interim tag there or, or are we removing that as well i mean there's always a trial period to make sure it works but if it doesn't work it's not like i'm gonna like let him go well true we'll still we'll still let him do some other things He'll still because, be a part of the program in some right path. because right. who else is gonna who else is gonna timestamp stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point the master <laughs> It's a fair Master point. Stamper. I had to turn off my timestamps tonight because we, <laughs> the the uh, the whole Brady coming in and all of that. So I'll have to actually go back and listen to get you guys your timestamps this time around. Well, that you didn't hop in until like eight minutes into the podcast. I still had it running from the time that you told me we're going to start now. We gave you uh, a great intro. Though. Well, I'm not editing the Brady part at at all. No, I'm leaving that. That's the beauty of it. I'm leaving that in there. That that whole like. He wanted to be introduced, so we introduced him. Yep. Why would I edit that out? I I was talking about the other part. I'll tell you off air. It's fine. So, anyway, great segue there, Aaron. Great segue. The other thing, Chad, any tidbits to uh, appease the fine listeners that have decided to uh, cling on for this long? No, I think things are pretty are pretty quiet right at the moment. I think the, um, the realization that, that visits are going to start happening here within, you know, the next two months has slowed things a little bit because I, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're dealing with a, a class of recruits now that they have options and they're starting to realize they're going to get to get out on the road and explore some of those options. So things have kind of slowed for a little bit, and, and that might be on, on, in part some on UC's end as well because it looks like you're going to be able in June to have camps. Right. So you're going to be able to get guys on campus. You're going to be able to work them out. You're going to be able to get an actual, like, look and feel for who they are, how they play. And then you get to spend, hopefully, some time with them, hopefully get them a meeting with Luke, all of that good stuff. Um, so – Hopefully, we'll pick up uh, some steam as we get into the summer. I, I do think there are a couple things coming uh, before then, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, so there's not a ton different this week than there was last week. Yeah, uh, I, I, I still think, you know, we touched on it some on the BCJ pod too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do think they're in a really good spot for JQ Hardaway. I think they're in a really good spot for Sincere Lewis. Um, it was interesting with Hardaway that he was, you know, had, had his visit, visit date set and announced that he's committing. And then he announced his commitment, which would be the commitment date, which would be the very end end of of his visit. visit. Yeah. So I, no, not saying anything, just, uh, quite, quite the coincidence, quite, quite the tea leaves. It's a coinky dink. Right. But other than that, no, there's, there's not a ton of, um, 
ton of new information football wise for this week. Uh, like I said, I, I do think it's kind of in a, uh, a little bit of a slowdown because kids see a light. I mean, you got to remember, here's what you have to remember about the 2022 class. They had their sophomore seasons. Right. And then after their sophomore season, everything was shut down. And that really is yeah, you're, maybe yeah. the biggest time when a guy gets his name on a radar. Mm-hmm. You know, that he goes out and he performs at these camps and combines as a, a rising junior. Then everybody watches his junior tape and, a, and an evaluation on the kid is made, a determination on what level he fits. Um, so that really, like, they lost such an important like 15 months in the recruiting process and i think that kind of has a correlation to the most recent commit jonathan thompson i mean yeah i think he was impacted by that yeah holy moly his tape is phenomenal well that i I think some mac coaches lied about jonathan thompson i mean his, his tape pops the word i got on on his rating was that there were some coaches in the mac that didn't think he was a take. If you're right. coaching in the Mac and you watch that kid's tape and you don't think he's a take. <laughs> I got a question. Come your, on. Your thought process there. Come on. More likely you're coaching in the Mac. You know, you can't get him. So you say, eh, I don't think that kid's that good. Why? Because if you, if you say you don't think that kid's that good, you're hoping Luke fickle believes you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You say, okay, and then, and then the kid slides down to that level. <laughs> right. I, right. There's, there's conflicting feelings on Jonathan Thompson. Um, hopefully he can get out to some stuff here in June and uh, get that rating bumped up. Cause I think that kid's way better than 81, but just a small reminder, five years ago, Derek Forrest was rated a 78. So. Hey, hey. Well, when there is something to report, your guy, Aaron Smith, is going to be all over it. Woo! That got me hyped. I like it. I like it. Aaron, Aaron, what, you, what we're going to need you to do is go onto the, uh, the football board, click open the thread on the 2022 recruiting board, and get us an update on all those kids Dave has there. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if, well, if you take it on with the amount of enthusiasm that Nick Castellanos had running into home plate, just like you're wearing your, your, your Reds hat, I think you'll do just fine. I got to do timestamps first. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, guys, anything, anything else in closing? I think we kind of did a great job covering all bases. No, I'm good. Go Reds. I know we got a, we got a game to watch and, and hopefully, uh, the, the sad I, no, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. I was going to bring up one shining moment, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to bring it up. Oh, you know what they brought up on the Dan Levitard show today that I didn't even think of? What, what? is Jim Nance going to do with his tie tonight? Is this a COVID situation where he's not allowed to give it? Like players can't swap jerseys <laughs> and all of that. Is he going to be able to give anyone his tie? Dude, it was crazy in the Elite Eight. Um, UCLA wins. And they hand out all the regional championship gear. And we were sitting like four rows back from, from Mick's family, like Hep and, and his uncle and his sister. Um, and they, they came over twice, including Mick. And all they were going to do was throw hats 
throw final four hats into the crowd. And the security lost their mind and would not let Mick throw a hat to his dad and his brother and his sister and his daughter for making it to the final four. Like they acted like, like they were aware that the hats were infected with COVID uh, while they were sitting on the table. It's the craziest thing I've seen. Like he wasn't, he wasn't going up into the stands. He wasn't going to come anywhere closer than he already was to being in contact with anyone. He was just going to throw hats up there and the security, there was like nine red jackets that swarmed on Mick Cronin for trying to throw hats to his family. Never mind that it's been proven that it doesn't sit on, like it doesn't live on surfaces and yeah, half the people that you named are probably already vaccinated anyway, but or already at- had it. That's right. like the story when Hep was going down after yeah. the, the playing game to say hi to Mick and, and, and security guards tried to stop him. He said, no, I have not seen my son for a year and a half. I'm going to go down. So, but also Aaron, I think what, I think what Nance did, I, he's, he's always two steps ahead of the game. I bet the tie has been in quarantine for two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's in a gold, it's in like a glass box. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it is just sitting in a room in quarantine and you got to tell the one player to go in and, and retrieve the tie. So, Or somebody in a hazmat suit comes out with it. Right, ooh, maybe it is Jim Nance in the hazmat suit. <laughs> now, that's a sight to see. Hello, friend. <laughs> Through the suit. Well, we've yeah. exited the rails. What, yeah. Wherever the rails were, we 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 ran off of them. We're on Dan, for a while, but as soon, uh, as soon as you bring up Dan Levitard, you know it's all bad from there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, yet again, another fantastic BBP. Aaron came on late, but he was able to bring us home strongly, and I'm going to bring us home even more now. So for my good friends, plural, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. I am Brent Young. Yet again, this is the BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.